You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, and I'm so happy you could join me. Well, I have been absent for a few weeks due to technical difficulties, uh, and perhaps I could blame it on Mercury and retrograde. I don't know. Seems like every time I would record a show, it wouldn't record. And I'm not the only one that that had happened to. So it was extremely disappointing. And yet, well, we all know everything works out for the best. So this week, the show did record. And I get to bring you Tito Abau, who is a metaphysician and who wrote a very unique book about what happened to him after he had a near-death experience in 2007. He began to retain many of his past life experiences and brings a very enlightening commentary on why we come here to experience our story, which stays with us for many, many, many lifetimes. And I'm sure you will find Tito to be very fascinating. His book, The Monograph of the Parallel Life of Tito Abau and Nero, has to do with past life experiences and even pre-life contracts. That, you will find out, serves as your template of your story in all of your lives. It's fascinating. So, you will want to stay tuned to hear all about this as well as read the latest issue of Law of Attraction magazine where Tito wrote a really brilliant article on how the universe works. But before we bring Tito out, I just had a thought that I wanted to share with you because you already have the answer to the question I'm going to ask you. Now, do you remember when the Law of Attraction was featured on Oprah? And it has since then received so much press and has really spawned an entire industry of Law of Attraction coaches and, and seminars and books and videos and radio shows <laughs> and other great things that have manifested out of the desire of people wanting to know more. The law of attraction, as you know, states that like attracts like. The theory is if you shift your thinking and attitude to be more positive, then you will start attracting more positive things into your life. Well, we all know this. And if the law of attraction is to be believed, then just by shifting your thinking, you should be able to completely change your health, make a million dollars, or find your soulmate all by the end of the month. <laughs> and while a few people have had success, many of us still are lacking the manifestation skills. So we just get frustrated. But if you take a closer look, 
This is because shifting your thinking only involves your conscious mind, which contains, at the most, only 10% of your manifesting power. The other 90% is held in the mysterious subconscious mind. And guess what happens if 10% of your mind wants one thing and 90% of your mind wants something else? Well, guess what? The 90% will win every time. And that's why the law of attraction doesn't work for so many people. Even though they make their vision boards and say their affirmations, they do not see their lives improve. However, if you're able to fully involve 100% of your mind, conscious and subconscious, then the law of attraction really does work. And you can heal yourself instantly, make a million dollars, and live a life filled with loving, fulfilling relationships. So how do we get there? Now, as I mentioned, you already have the answer to this question. And knowing that the statement is true, that 90% of your mind is not merged with the intention of the 10%, what is it that you can do to make your mind use 100% of the subconscious and conscious in order to become the powerful person that you truly are? Again, you have the answer within you. So I want you to intend to get this answer of what will help you to use 100% of your mental capabilities, subconscious and conscious, to manifest what it is you truly want. Every night before you go to sleep, ask yourself for the answer to this. Perhaps you'll wake up with the answer or you'll dream the answer, but stay focused on this for a few weeks and see what happens. You have the answer within you. And the answer is not generic. It will only apply to you in regards to your life's purpose and your pre-life contract. Now remember, it won't have anything to do with your husband or children or your parents or sibling. You are simply asking this question on your behalf and only for you. And if you wouldn't mind, please let me know what transpires. Send me an email at staff at loaradionetwork.com and put in all of the details. I think this is going to be a fascinating little study here. And with that, let's take a fast commercial break and we'll be right back with Tito Abau talking about past lives. Here's a status report on my May 16th and 17th Las Vegas event. I've only got a few spaces left. Join me, Michael Loge, for Turnkey Approach to Becoming Successful Law of Attraction Speaker, Coaches, and Teacher. In many cases, you'll be making money within a few weeks using my success platform. Take advantage of this chance to discover how your career as a Law of Attraction professional is in your reach. Let me show you my secrets using my step-by-step approach for you to make an incredible income doing what you love which is teaching the law of attraction. 
go to www.CertifiedLawOfAttractionFacilitator.com. I look forward to meeting you in Las Vegas. Welcome, Tito Abau, to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I am so excited to talk to you because today we're going into the metaphysics of life. You know, this is just very, very exciting to me. And you wrote a book called Monograph of the Parallel Life of Tito Abau and Nero. Now, this is really incredible because you're talking about previous lives. You're talking about um, actually merging all this information to benefit you in this current life and to help you understand what's what it's all about. I find this to be so exciting. What made you go into the metaphysics at the very beginning? I mean, what what got you started in all this? Because you've had all all this incredible training and and everything. So I just want you to take off from here. Tell us how you got started in it, and then we're going to get into actual questions. Well, I had a, a near-death experience in January of 2007. And uh, it turned out, I mean, what I'm going to talk to you about now didn't just suddenly come into my mind, you know. <laughs> What I'm giving you is uh, the overview at the end of, of several major awakenings, which happened in December of this uh, last year. And um, but uh, the oh, ND- that was that was just a few months ago. Yeah, yeah, that's that's when I had the the big awakening. Wow. And then um, there were several awakenings. See the way the way uh, uh, this all works is. Uh, you can have sudden awakenings that are really big, like like uh, the Ramana Maharshi. Uh, he was a uh, in in 1879 he was born, and he became the leading uh, light from that particular time on. As a matter of fact, he inspired uh, William Somerset Maugham's The Razor's Edge. That was a famous book in the, in the, the, uh, the post-war period. When, uh, and then, of course, the, his big student who wrote uh, Secrets of, of India was Paul Brunton. And he was writing between 1879 and 1950. Wow. And um, he's the one that brought Ramana Maharshi to the forefront. And his story is the big one. When he had his self-realization, it was huge, and it was so huge that he uh, was incapacitated in terms of being able to talk. And he just was not lucky. I mean, it's all this is all part of the way the consciousness works when it brings a new teacher into the world. He um, was picked up by some monks at um, a, um, a mountain... Uh, Retreat called Arunchala. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a sacred mountain. But at any rate, to make a long story short, this uh, student, this monk there, knew exactly what was happening. That that this was a realized being, and uh, 
uh, self-realized, and um, he he only wrote in communication for the first ten years of his awakening. But my luckily for me, my awakening was like small piece small. <laughs> it wasn't explosive like that. And uh, what happens is normally, I mean, normally what people happen, they have they have to integrate certain things. When you have a, like my big awakening was that thought is the thing that controls uh, the whole of the universe. And uh, people who are involved with the law of attraction are examples of how this actually manifests. Mm-hmm. You, uh, um, and, and the nice thing about this audience is there's probably a lot of people who have actually physically became aware that they actually manifested something in there that they wanted. Right. And that's the whole thing about the spiritual world is that it is not an intellectual endeavor. It's actually an experiential thing. Uh, things change in your world. And if you're consciously doing it, you're aware that it's happening. And then you understand that there is such a thing as asking for something and getting it. Exactly. And that's the whole point of the law of attraction. Because it's, it's actually the... The, the most important law that we have in – and now I'm going to use some terms that you may want to have some clarification – the dual universe. Uh-huh. And um, that's the world of cause and effect. Right. But, well, that's the whole thing. You, you ask and you receive. <laughs> now, the reason why in the third dimension you don't receive things rapidly is because you have psychological blocks that – you think you want something, and you really believe it, but you have certain underlying psychological issues that prevent it from happening. Right. But in the long term, eventually, through the law of reincarnation, everything that you ever want eventually comes to you because the whole thing about life is it's eternal. There's no beginning. There's no end. Oh, that's interesting concept <laughs> that, that you're going to get it. But it may not be in this lifetime. <laughs> right. Well, and in, in, in my story was is that I entered the, the dual universe through a vortex, and uh, I was on the losing end of a major war. <laughs> and and when was this? Well, I, I'd like to not give – about 7,000 years ago. Okay. But okay. I want to hold certain things back because I, I want to write more books. So I, I I don't want to get too much because this is not this is where it all begins. Yes, but we want to give some kind of clarity. So it was seven thousand years ago. Right, right. So that so that's what you're talking. That yeah, lifetime. this is where I came in. This is where I came in as a thought form. Oh. To the dual universe, and that's now I'm going to use a word. See, we in our present uh, um, uh, paradigm, we have words and concepts that are not exactly able to actually uh, focus on the truth mm-hmm. of what's going on. Because what I'm going to say is, is that I wanted revenge. And I, well, I didn't know about the law of attraction, but all I had to do was desire something. And the law of attraction would eventually, through a cause and effect uh, uh, ripple, would eventually bring us. So it took me 2,000 years to get revenge. And I had a spectacular lifetime. And because of the flows, the way the flows work, 
all those individuals who destroyed my life in that beginning, they were all the victims of my <laughs> of, of my success because they had to come back and receive what they gave me. And it's 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 uh, it's right there all the time. Uh, when you're looking at it, it's like, as you sow, so shall you reap. <laughs> and it's the it's the way it works. It's it's the law of attraction, and it's also the law of opposites. You know, I mean, there's no way that you can enter the physical universe and produce an action and not have a reaction. But it takes centuries for these things to develop. That, and, uh, that that is so fascinating, um, and I can see the picture because when you become that first thought and and you start growing after all these centuries, you are expanding, and I can see that to be absolutely true. Right, and the way this works is is everything is in the physical plane is developed in the same in, in, in the same way in other words you have what you call experiences and what you're doing is a running a story uh, now that was my big realization uh, the, the big awakening I had is that I was running stories and the stories themselves have a beginning a middle and an end and every human being. Now, the reason why this book is is important is because this is the story of everybody, but the clothing is different. Mm. When you when if you when you read the book and you place your own life in there, if you can remember some of your past lifetimes, you'll see the you you'll see that you're going through the fundamentals, but you're wearing a different pair, a different uh, uh, you're in a different uh, storyline. But the story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And everybody in every lifetime, everybody in this lifetime is headed toward a, what I call a grand finale. Because that's what happened in my, in, my, in my story in this lifetime is I had this huge grand finale in which I had this huge battle trying to save my inheritance. I, I, my, my, my estate was worth about a million dollars, over a million dollars, and I lost every penny fighting in this but, lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Though that's what the story of the book is telling you. Okay. Is everything that happened in that book, I created in Nero's lifetime. Oh, and it's just now manifesting. And it just came back. It took 2,000 years for me to get hit back with it. But everything that happened was a payback for everything that I – but now I want to make sure people understand. When I'm saying payback, and in our dynamic, we're thinking that there's some kind of a, a revenge going on. But it's not a revenge. What it is, is the way the consciousness works. What it does is it flows in one direction, and then it flows in another direction. But we have words because we don't have a concept of reincarnation. We don't have a concept that everybody's playing this huge game. We're all agreeing to this. So nobody's actually getting revenge. It's just the way the story works. I have my turn, you have your turn. <laughs> and that's the way consciousness uh, runs this, this um, uh, thing we call life. So if we, how important is it that we heal some of the things in our past lives in this life? Well, that's the whole point of these lifetimes, 
In other words, this whole lifetime was a healing process because it all ends here for me and I enter a new phase because I paid back all of my debts from the Neuronian experience, which I, which I, uh, um, okay, I'm going to use the word brutalized people. You know, <laughs> I can't avoid that because that's what he did. And I got when you when you see the story of how I lost my uh, inheritance and and you'll see that everything in this lifetime was Roman, the Roman Catholic Church, for example, mm. <laughs> and that, where they were part of the oh, they they actually won the cases and, I, and they took all my money. So, wow. And they left me destitute. But um, at any rate, the Roman uh, Catholic Church did that. Yeah. Oh my but that God. was Rome. Oh. Nero was a Roman emperor. Yeah. And everything I did was in Rome. So in this lifetime, Rome got revenge on me. Wow. I mean, I, I'm not mad. I, I know what happened. That's why that's why <laughs> that's why I, I wrote the book to, to let people know that you don't get away with anything. Wow. No matter how vicious you are, you know, and, and, and I want to add that Nero wasn't quite that, as vicious as the world produced, uh, you know, portrayed him because it was part of a – he was a pawn. But at any rate, he still did some nasty things. Yeah. <laughs> it had to do with money. It had to do with money. And that's what happened to me when 2,000 years later in this lifetime. Now, the relationship between Agrippina and my mother at that lifetime uh, as you as you probably know already, that that Nero had his mother executed. So, uh, what this lifetime was, you see, the whole uh, now we have to go back to a, a concept called between life agreements. Yes. My between life agreement was that I would take care of my mother, Dolores M. Hall, A.K.A. Agrippina, because she was deathly afraid of going into a, a nursing home. She wanted to live out our life in her own home, and I and that was my that was my uh, that was my payback. Mm -hmm. uh, f uh, and this lifetime, it all came back to that, and that was the actual basic pre uh, between life agreement. That I, I, I went, <laughs> my whole life was designed that I would never be comp be able to have a. a um, uh, a love life that would inf affect at the time my mother was ready to be taken care of. I couldn't have any kind of responsibilities that would, you know, if you have a wife, she's going to have something to say about taking care of your mother. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I, I was never able to maintain any, any, any permanent relationships. And, mm -hmm. and when it all came down to the, to the time when she was ready I, w I had no connect, no responsibilities outside of that particular thing. And that's the way the karmic pattern was designed to go. Wow. Uh, and, uh, in other words, I never was able to make uh, um, a, a fortune. I never had really great uh, uh, jobs and stuff like that because the, the, the agreement was that I would never be independent. Because at the time my mother was ready, I had to be completely available. And when she became ready, I took over her whole estate. As a matter of fact, I'm the one that built it up to a million dollars to make sure that she was safe and would never have to leave that house. 
but that was the karmic return. Okay, so let me ask here, because you have stated that we no longer have to take reincarnation on faith. Right. So how do we know that it's true? Okay, now I I have to do some due diligence here as well. Okay. Because... Uh, after I got my marching orders, I died in 2007. And then a, a voice told me to not, please don't die. Right. And at that moment, I became, I came under guidance. And everything I did after that time was toward my spiritual evolution, toward, toward a transcendental life. Uh, and, uh, Reincarnation, uh, I, f- I found my way to three uh, practitioners, recession practitioners, regression practitioners uh-huh. over this time period. And the due diligence I have is, is, and I'm not trying to say that there's nobody else that can do this, but I had the best results with people who were certificated with by the uh, Dr. Brian Weiss or Dr. Michael Newton uh, schools. And matter of fact, all three of the practitioners that I use had both certificates. Oh, wow. So I, I feel safe in letting people uh, know that, that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to direct them, but I'm saying that, that I found them to be the safest people that I know for doing this work. But it's regression. You go into regression, and you have a dedicated effort to find out who you were. Now, here's the deal. Once you discover and you're really convinced that you were – that you did not die. Now, I'm going to go back to the Occam's razor. Occam's razor is a concept of how to deal with various kinds of answers. And Occam's razor says you take the simplest concept. You may have 10 concepts in front of you, and they're all complicated and all going all kinds of different. Take the simplest one. And if you find out that you never died, then that means there's no death. Using Occam's razor, there can't be any death. And if you don't die, then you're immortal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that means that you have all those powers of an immortal. But in order for us to have a three-dimensional experience, all of us individual concepts of little, of we are little gods, so to speak, we have to make an agreement to play a game. And the game is controlled by flows of positive and negative energy. Mm-hmm. And it's called – now, the, the thing that's uncanny is the, the movie The Matrix mm. actually explains all of this. Yeah. When you yeah. watch that movie, you'll see that the, those machines that, that they, they sit in – I don't know if you saw the movie, but – Yeah. Okay. But if your audience has seen the movie, those machines – or a way of telling that story. But in reality, it's the human brain yeah. and the pathways in the brain. And when you make these agreements, now I'm going to use some terms that I may have to define, but in order for there to be a level playing field, everybody has to agree to run these stories with a cause and effect relationship. 
otherwise you'd have you wouldn't be you would be on I guess you're I don't know if your audience knows about the astral plane yeah but that's the next that's the next level above this one uh, the three-dimensional plane well when you get into the astral plane all you have to do is have a thought and it appears immediately <laughs> whatever yeah. it is you want it, it, it's right there but you couldn't have that happen in the five a three-dimensional world because of the five senses and we've designed it that way it's designed that way because through layers and layers and layers and layers of agreements we all agree that there's such a thing as space we all agree that there's such a thing as time and that's how the third dimension is built with through space and time and then everything gets solid because of what I, what now I need to also indicate that this comes from from uh, there's a there's a uh, a yearly gathering of scientists and non-dual practitioners. It's called SAND. And in the SAND uh, concept, they developed an idea called the uh, default mode network. And what the default mode network is, in the brain, there's, the, there's this specialized um, uh, brain cells which when you're born, see, when you're born, you're not, you haven't accepted the, universe, the world, the three-dimensional world. So there's all kinds of things that you may remember. Like I remember some really, really spectacular things about, about my, in my first seven years. And like, for example, I can open a book to any page, which after, after a while I couldn't do it anymore and I couldn't figure out why. <laughs> That's because I was getting solidified into the third dimension. Uh. In other words, my my the powers that you have as a a a a, 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 a an immortal being cannot be be used in the physical plane unless you they're agreed to. I'll, I'll go into some of the agreements because some of this stuff is is well documented through regression. Uh, um, uh, uh, stories and stuff like that that are that they that are out there, which which I, see I'm not telling saying anything to to the people in this audience that are not in some ways supported by something. Uh -huh. My reincarnation uh, concept and the Occam Razor thing I put to it is because I discovered that I I actually was this person because everything that happened in this life was a form of what happened in that life. Was a Mary. Well, I noticed that you said in your last article, which was in March, that sometimes people will get stuck in being this one life if it, if they were very influential or very wealthy or whatever. Instead right. yeah. of that's the danger here, and they come back to identify it rather than living there life as they should be living it as part of the agreement is that as a correct? flowing as a flow as a flow in other words as a you you're an immortal being who's flowing through form and the form is the third dimension because it's has it's 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 been compacted enough to have and all these agreements make this the five the five senses the way you experience the third dimension but you can you can override that you know, I mean, it, 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 but the idea is not to override it because you can't, 
if everybody was superhuman, nothing. You, you, it would be an entirely. It would be the astral plane. So, you know? so where you does... couldn't have it. You couldn't have an experience. Yeah. Now I'm, sure. I can tell you a story that uh, uh, comes from a, uh, a case history, which explains this very well. Um, the gentleman found a lifetime in which he desired to lead men to their deaths. And the source, see, that was his between-life agreement. Now, source found uh, something like 14,000 other beings who wanted to have the experience of being led to their deaths in, a, in, a, in a, uh, an ambush. And now, I'm not going to say that this is the exact incident that was in his lifetime, but uh, I don't. I, I assume your 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 audience would know about Octavius, mm -hmm. the, um, the the first emperor of Rome. He sent three legions into Germany, and those three legions amounted to uh, between fourteen thousand eighteen thousand men. And Quintus Varius, who was the was the leader of the, of the, that contingent, believed the story that the Germans came and told him because he made friends with some German uh, tribesmen. And they told him, oh, they're going to accept you really, really well. <laughs> and he didn't do any of the normal things you're supposed to do. He just led his troops into the forest. And they all got wiped out. Huh. And that was three legions. Now, I'm not saying that this is the exact thing that this guy's lifetime, uh, when he discovered this lifetime. But it turns out that source gives you what you want. And what he wanted was to have the experience of leading men into a, a, an ambush. And source was able to find 18,000 other beings who said, oh, great, I want to do that. I want to be the guy who gets killed. <laughs> oh, wow. But now, so what you're saying, though, is that there is nothing wrong. Everybody, no, there's no wrong. There is no wrong because there's no wrong in killing people. There's no wrong in wars because people are coming here to experience their life's journey. Exactly. In other words, they, the whole point of it is to have an experience. Because Quintus Varius's losses in Germany didn't, didn't actually affect the Roman uh, uh, Octavius's empire that much. He just lost 14,000 men, and they went back again later and recovered some of it, but they never did get past the Rhine. So we, we've got to accept the fact that there is no such thing. I mean, we shouldn't be worried about wars. We shouldn't be worried about politics. We shouldn't be worried about any of this stuff because it's all going to their plan. Are we seeing it the way it's really unfolding, or is it that by an individual choice? Well, it's the whole point is from that story I just said is that all these people agreed to this. Yeah. In other words, nothing can happen to you in any lifetime that you don't agree to. So can we intend to have it easy? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, of course. Because now we can get to the concept of contrast. See, okay. underneath the law of attraction is the law of contrast. Right. 
In other words, now, now we have to go. Now, I think your audience is very familiar with, with the Buddha. Right. And Buddhism. And the Buddha said, all things in moderation. You know, you live your life the middle path. Right. So what that does is you don't have these extremes. Because when I went into my first lifetime and had this huge loss, I hated every bit of it. And I needed to create a situation in which I was the guy that won these wars. But you see the extreme? Yeah. I was a huge loser. And then 2000 later, through the law of attraction, I became a big winner. Now, you give this pendulumic motion back and forth. Now, what Buddha said, hey, look, steady this down, slow it down. Never get too big and never get too small. And let that pendulum come to a rest place in the center. And you have very smooth lifetimes. And But if we have very smooth lifetimes, are we, in fact, fulfilling our life's destiny? Are, is it supposed to be a flat line and easy going, or is it supposed well, to be like a roller coaster? It's all in the pre-between-life agreements. It's whatever you're agreeing to. But, see, here's where trans transcendence comes in. You can transcend the mind. You can dismantle the identification mechanism. In other words, for you to be in the third dimension, you have to identify with subject-object. And by identifying with the subject-object, the source creates a lens. Now, in the... Egyptian Book of the Dead, they call they call them veils. Mm -hmm. And they talk a lot about the veils when you come in and you're, you're, you're going through these veils. Well, those veils contain all these three-dimensional lifetime tracks. And you choose one of them through your between-life agreement. And when you enter it, you go through the beginning, middle, and end of a lifetime. And it's all choreographed based on the on the, uh, the between-life agreements. Hmm. Like, for example, when I was never able to, to uh, make anything more than an ordinary kind of a lower middle-class living throughout my life because it was designed that way so, uh, so, uh, so that I, could, I would always be ready when my mother was ready. By the time my mother was ready, I could not have any encumbrances, no wife, no kids, and no job that, that I, was, I was obligated to have, have all these responsibilities outside of this. I had to be completely focused on the care of my mother. And when did that was the between-life agreement. That was the payback. When did she die? Pardon? When did At she die? At about 1983. Okay. But I was this – I kept her – I kept the estate. As a matter of fact, I actually built it. It was only about a half a million dollars when I when I took it over, but it became a million dollars when I when I left when when I when she died, because I was totally focused and and for and and you know, source was so powerful in making sure that my mother had enough money. I made two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the mark in, in the stock market in one hour. Wow. <laughs> So, so you see, the way the, the, the between-life agreement was designed, it was all designed to make sure that, that Dolores M. Hall, a.k.a. Agapina, 
ended her life the way she wanted it to end. Because you owed it to her because you owed it to her because you killed her in a Well, I didn't actually kill her. I I ordered her execution. Oh, oh, okay. Wow, that's (laughs) That's, that's pretty much just, is there? It it was perfectly legal. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So Because she was conspiring against me in that life. Okay, so now you agree to take care of her. Yeah. And but, but, and but see this actually it goes through several lifetimes. Mm-hmm. These 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 agree the uh, from from Agrippina I had a lifetime in England in which she was actually my wife. Mm. And in that lifetime uh, I give, I'm giving away a lot of the book, but <laughs> in this light, in that lifetime, I actually had an argument with, with with her, strangled her with her her scarf, and I escaped from England. Uh, see, I wasn't an Englishman; I was a German national, and I had to escape because the English would have hang, hanged me if I had killed her. But it turns out she didn't die. Now that was the point at which everything turned. You remember in the neuro lifetime she died, mm-hmm. but in the in the British lifetime, she doesn't. I think she, I kill her, but she doesn't die. And then she she sends emissaries to Holland where I I, I escaped to, and asked me to come go on. And she was all everything was forgiven. And that's when everything turned. It was about seventeen eighty nine, and then between seventeen eighty nine. And 1936 was when the final resolution of all of that that stuff was made, and I, I took care of her, and I solved. I, I, I and my future is probably going to be transcendence. In other words, I'm going to I'm working on dismantling the identification mechanism, so I don't have to keep coming back into these lifetimes. Interesting. You know, that's the transition you, aspect. You you don't want to come back, huh? Well, it's not that I don't want to come back. It's just that everybody has to make the return eventually. So if we make these um, pre-life agreements, how does that, I mean, we're doing that and we're setting our intentions, but does it not allow for life to be spontaneous at all? Well, yeah, because the... um, the best way to explain it is this. Let me let me see if I can, because uh, this is something that actually should have a diagram, but I think I can I can give it. Everybody is familiar uh, with the concept that if you multiply one side of a triangle, uh, of, of a rectangle, and another side, you get an area, mm-hmm. right? And that formula is length times width, right? Right. But that that is not true. What it only works in a very once you get a, 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 a one side over several thousand miles, it's the area is not what that formula says. You have to have a new formula that takes in, takes into consideration the curvature of the Earth, and that's the way life works. The karma in a certain a certain narrow place functions. With according to certain rules, but when you expand it, and you get out of that 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 uh, um, little area, 
then the rules change. And the answer is entirely different. And there's 12 levels of, of consciousness. And they all have a say in what happens. But in the narrow confines of a little square of, a, of a, say, 400 miles, it's, it's, the, the curvature is negligible. Now go back to the twelve. Yeah, I don't know. Twelve levels. Do you get what of, I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I okay, do. Yeah. But I want to go back to the um, twelve uh, stages of consciousness. Uh, Are you dimensions. talking twelve dimensions. dimensions? Twelve dimensions. That's what I wanted to clarify. So it is a different dimension that we can all go through, but it's not necessarily in just one lifetime. No, yeah, well, well, it's all happening at once all the time. Oh, but, so you, what? So does that mean that you're living Nero right now? Yeah. So it's like, okay. If I change so my what? focus, if I change what? my focus, I can be in the now in that time. Isn't that amazing? And you know what? That is correct because there is no such thing as time and space. That's right. Time and space, we agree in the third dimension to have it so we can play the game in the third dimension. Because otherwise, everybody would be Superman and you wouldn't have any, uh, you wouldn't have any stories that were worth telling. Right. Oh, boy, <laughs> do I have some good stories in this <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> but the thing is, we all have to agree that, that you can ha have your story and I'm going to support it for you. Yeah. If I have to be the, 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 the goat... In your in your story, I I agree to be the goat, so that you can have the 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 grand concept of having being being this this big winner, and I'm going to support you. I I agree to support you, but the minute I decide not to, then it changes everything. That's why the astral plane is so much less fun than the Earth. I mean, I'm told. I mean, I haven't seen it myself. I'm told there's. There's billions of beings trying to get into the third dimension. Really? Because there's only so much room. But we're striving, <laughs> are we not, when we're in the third dimension, especially the spiritual people? Aren't we all trying to get into the fourth and fifth and sixth dimension? Well, what you're trying to do is have an experience in the third dimension. But at some point, you decide you want to transcend. Mm -hmm. You no longer want to play the game. So you mean by transcending, you're going to die? No, you're going to become who you really are. Ooh, interesting. In other words, in other words, in order to be a human being, you have to contract and you really have to contract. You have to contract into five senses. So when you have human experiences, you lose track of the vastness of who you really are. And, and you have to do that. Otherwise, you couldn't experience the third dimension. This is why a lot of these, these uh, uh, people go to monasteries and things like that, because they can no longer uh, uh, function in, in, in the third dimension. Or they maybe, they, or maybe they don't need to function in the. Well, thing. yeah, yeah. When you try, once you, when I think I, I, I didn't quite explain uh, the um, 
default mode network. Because when you dissolve the default mode network, which is the network in the brain, then you have dismantled the identification mechanism. In order to be in the third dimension, you have to identify as as Jules Johnson, mm-hmm. and that as a unique personality. Mm-hmm. When you dismantle that that identification mechanism, you become the observer of Jules Johnson. You no longer are affected by anything in, John, in Jules Johnson's life. Jules Johnson goes on until the body dies. And the, 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 the brain track runs it just like it always was, except that you're not John, uh, Jules Johnson. You are a spiritual being observing Jules Johnson. Wow. You've dismantled your, the, the uh, identification mechanism. And that's where I'm trying to go. Wow. I, I, I've made, uh, when you see, I, I, I had the final, I don't know if you've completed the article on that, but the, 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 the pinnacle of that, of that awakening, those three levels of awakening that I had, was a samadhi experience in which I also tasted soma. Oh, yes. Right. There's that explains a, there's that. A spiritual, there's a, when, you, when you attain samadhi, the body secretes a, a fluid. And you can taste it. It's very sweet. It tastes very sweet. I mean, I can't tell you what it tastes like because it's just sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but you feel it in your whole body. It's, it's a fluid. It's a spiritual fluid. And that's what happens when you attain samadhi. Interesting. And you do that by meditating? Well, it's part of, it was part of the awakening. Uh, there's oh, three levels of my awakening. Wow. But, I mean, and, I still I still have I still uh, have identified I'm still identified with Tito Abao. I still have a lot a lo, a, lo, a lot more to go. I'm not sure how far much further I have to go, but I'm working very diligently on it. <laughs> and had you not had that near death experience in 2017 or uh, 2007, it you probably would... wouldn't have happened. Because without the training I went through, see, I have two certificates from, uh, not two, but seven certificates from the Monroe Institute. Oh yeah, which was the uh, which was the one where I did did, did the astral traveling, mm-hmm. and I of course did all the regression work and found out about these lifetimes, and why I was here, what I was doing, and all that sort of thing, and all that stuff. Uh, drops all kinds of uh, negative energy out. I mean, you become clearer and clearer. And um, the uh, uh, I think I, in one of my in one of the articles it says, "Can you see? Can you empty the mind so that you see nothing but light?" In other words, you, what you're doing is is you're you're reducing all the stories to their energetic spiritual component. Which is, which is divine energy. So that's what the soma is. Soma is a is a physical expression of the divine energy. So basically, you are answering um, life's mysteries um, and bringing everything back into a scientific nature, which right. really exists. Right. And we live in all of these parallel universes, and. Ex- experiencing our past lives 
in our current life, but as if it was all one. Right. Exactly. Wow. In other words, it's it's a karmic, it's a karmic unfoldment of everything you have ever been. But you have to want you have to want to do that because if you're intent on having an experience of saying being a billionaire, well, you're that's not where you're gonna you're gonna eventually become a billionaire. But you have to give up the spiritual aspect of it because you need to create that. That's creative energy that goes into that. So you can't. But there's be... nothing wrong with it because you're immortal and uh, everything goes on forever. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to decide that you want to dis want to dismantle the identification with the third dimension. There's nothing that you. It's not because you want to escape. Matter of fact, if you want to escape, it won't happen. Until that's the thing that will drag you right back into the third dimension, is wanting to escape the third dimension. (laughs) So all of these lifetimes we have lived in the third dimension, right? We haven't progressed, but the reason that we are coming here is to be progress beyond the third dimension. Well, Well, the reason why we're coming here is to have an experience. Okay. And in order to have an experience in 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 the five in the third dimension, which is a three dimensional sensual uh, experience, you have to condense into a human being. Otherwise, you couldn't experience the, the five senses. Hmm. When when uh, when you're in the astral plane, you're you're experiencing everything in a very different way. Matter of fact, there's a whole bunch of see, you don't in the astral plane. You never have to meet anybody you don't want to meet. But there's a sensual experience when you meet somebody you really want to uh, want to be with, and what happens is you merge into an energy, uh, a oneness energy. Mm-hmm. In other words, I've had that experience when I came in came into a being that I wanted to relate to, and we we became one. Matter of fact. Uh, I, I don't want to get too, uh, um, I don't know, the best sex you will ever have is when you actually get uh, uh, transcend into the astral plane and, and the two people merge together. And and uh, a lot of times it happens, it happens, and people will say, that, man, that was the best sex I ever had. <laughs> but they didn't really know what happened. They only know that something, they merged with somebody. They became one with them. Well, it's because they went exterior and came together as two astral beings into a flashpoint. It, it's a flashpoint. It, it, it's a sudden explosion of light. But it's very sensual. You know that... Um, um, <laughs> I don't know if I, uh, I, I'm beyond your audience's... <laughs> no, but when, when a person is conceived, there is a brilliant pop of light. Right, exactly. So that is the same thing that you're talking about. Similar, yeah, but it's in the astral. In right, the astral. it's happening in the astral plane. Yeah, interesting. Interesting, and we can find out more about all of the things you're talking about here uh, through your book, the monograph of the Peril, Peril Life of Tito Abai and Nero. 
Um, and this is fascinating. You are having another article in the magazine in which you are explaining uh, between life agreements. Right. And I find that to be very, very fascinating. And if there's one thing that a person who reads this, they are expanding their mind and allowing their mind to be open enough to even consider all of this is just what we need to do. It'll we be cathartic. To, yeah, we have to. This is the expansion. And it is answering a lot of life mis, um, mysteries to us so that we can fully engage in life, not be afraid, and um, definitely we can cease the judgment because it's part of the game. Exactly. This is very cool. So where do people get your book? Well, Amazon is uh, the, the most prominent one. Good. The easiest one. to easy, It's the easiest one to get to. Okay, so I'm going to spell your name so that they can put your name into the Amazon search engine. And it's T-I-T-O, capital A-B-A-O. Correct. And if you put that in there, that's going to come up. But you've written a, a, quite a few other books, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, four of them. Yeah, and I know that you sent me a brilliant book, what, about five years ago? Yeah, right, Seeds of Heaven. Yes, yes, and that was so good. Well, thank you. So, I, I mean, I, I've got to have you back on to talk about that, but this is really fascinating and um, I want everybody to just go get this book because you are going to become awakened. You're going to wake up and see life beyond the 3D world. And, and that is so important right now. I just love this. Thank you so much for Thank you. coming Thank you. on. This has been wonderful. And please remember, everybody, go read his next article in the magazine. You're going to love it. And then we're going to have you for another uh, issue. I think you'll be in July issue as well. Uh, he's just too fascinating not to explore and to read his books. So. Thank you again, Tito. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you very much, too. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.